Hello, and welcome to An Audible Voice with Gino Landin. I am your host, Pastor Gino Landin, coming to you from his home in Harlingen, Texas. It is my honor and privilege to bring to you this message of hope. I know these are uncertain and trying times, and that in such a time as this, we all need a word of inspiration and encouragement. I know sometimes you feel like you're standing on shaky ground, but we as believers stand firm on Philippians 4.13 that tells us we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Psalm 34.19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So get your cup of coffee, your Bible, a writing pad, and a pen. And after the message, don't leave. Stay with us so that we may be able to share some information about this podcast and how you may write to us. I am reading from the Gospel according to John, uh, chapter 19, and we're going to read verse 30. And this is what it says. It says, When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I want to preface this sermon on the last phrase that Jesus uttered from the cross. It comes from John 19.30, and it's just three little words. It is finished. And you might ask yourself, what did he finish? The way you answer that question will make the difference between heaven and hell in your life. Because the writers of the scripture want to help guide you to the right answer. And so they tell you that Jesus finished. In fact, let's read a scripture that comes from Hebrews 12.2. And it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This particular verse doesn't only show me that Jesus finished the job, it was a job well done. I am going to make this the premise of my whole sermon, a job well done. See, because I believe that the writer of Hebrews is telling us that Jesus finished and that it was a job well done. He is not just the author of our faith, but the one who made it perfect. I would say that it is a job well done. He didn't go to the cross kicking and screaming, fighting death, but went willingly for the joy set before him. I would say that he completed everything that needed to be done and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen. You read it with me? I love this verse because to be seating means that it was a job well done. When he finished, our redemption was made complete. Pardon me. When Jesus breathed his last breath, there was not one more thing left to finish. His work on earth was done. Have no doubt in your mind, it was a job well done. And do you know that we are called not just to finish the Christian life, but to finish the Christian life well. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. So the question that we must ask ourselves, what, what will it take to finish this job? 
and do a job well done. To answer that question, I want us to go back to the Old Testament, to the Israelites, as they traveled to the wilderness, to the Promised Land. And I think it's fair to say that, for the most part, the Israelites, who started the journey from Egypt, didn't finish the journey. They didn't finish it. It wasn't a job well done. In fact, only two of the original group were able to enter the Promised Land, Joshua and Caleb. And those two, it's fair to say that they did a job well done. I just want to take one of them, Caleb, and see what it took in his life in order for it to be a job well done. Four verses tell us all that we need to know. Numbers 14, 20 to 24 says, Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. Not one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But look what it says about Caleb. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, and I want you to note those two words, different spirit. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. There's three things that God requires of you when you do a job well done. The person who does a a job well done, and this is the first point, the person who does a job well done refuses to compromise his or her convictions because that is the minority viewpoint. Okay, number one, the person that does a job well done refuses to compromise his or her convictions convictions because it is the minority viewpoint. In other words, it's, it's the minority that will do the job well. And, and you know, you have to make a decision if you're going to be with a majority who does things their way or fall into the group of the minority who stand out because they do the job and they see it through and they don't compromise their beliefs and they don't compromise their convictions. They do it well because even, you know, you know, even if, it's, if they're not popular with other people, even because they don't follow the, the, the tide or they don't follow the, the grain or they don't go with the grain, they go against the grain. People who do the job well done stand out because they are not doing what everybody else is doing and they do what everybody else refuse, refuses to do. I love that because my servant, Caleb, has a different spirit. Twelve men went into the promised land. Twelve men who were supposedly men of faith and who, and who trusted in God went into that land to spy out the land. But they let some giants in the land get in the way of them proclaiming to the Israelites the land was just as God had promised, a land flowing with milk and honey. As each spy gave the report, the pressure was mounting on Joshua and Caleb to fall in line with the report of the majority. But God said that they had a different spirit. Even though they were the minority, they refused to compromise their convictions. Joshua and Caleb knew what was right, and they were not going to let the majority opinion change their mind. Sometimes you have to decide if you're going to be popular with your friends. You have to decide if you're going to follow the crowd or you're going to follow the Lord. Either you're going to stand on your convictions, stand on your, on your, on your, and not compromise your, your, your beliefs, or you're going to just 
do what everybody else is doing because that's what everybody else is doing. God had promised that he would give the land to the Israelites. Caleb took God at his word. So here's number two. The person who does a job well, the person who does a job well done takes God at his word. No matter if the circumstances seem to be painting a different picture, they follow God wholeheartedly. The, there, there were giants in the land and, and, and the Israelites did indeed look like grasshoppers in their sight. Circumstances said there was no way that they could defeat the giants. So what do you do? Do you take God at his word and believe that God is with you and there is no giant, there is no trouble, there is no sickness, there is no poverty, there is nothing that God cannot help you through? Do you, do you take men for his word or do you take God at his word? You consider the circumstances and do something or do you consider the circumstances and do something else? Do you believe God when he says, train up a child in the way he should go? And when he grows older, he will not depart from the faith? Or do you look at your child and say, this, this kid is incorrigible. There's no way, there's no hope for him or her. Do you believe God turns all things to the good of those who love him? Or do you see no way the situation that I am in can work out for my good? There is God's word and there are circumstances. Let me say that again. There is God's word and there are circumstances. Sometimes they seem to be going in opposite directions. What am I to believe? God's word or the circumstances? Those who finish believe God's word. And that's all faith is. If, if, if you ask me what my definition of faith is, I would say faith is believing God's word. And, and, and believers who take God to his word, they follow him wholeheartedly, will always come out of whatever situation they are in blessed. You know, this, these past two years were very troubling time for me because uh, I was having problems with my heart. And you know, you, in your heart, you're, you're praying and you're saying, okay, Lord, I, know, I, I don't know what's happening, but I know that, that, that you said that I was going to come out of this. And, and you know, you've got naysayers coming, you've got people coming to you and telling you, you know, I don't know, brother, you know, maybe, this, maybe you were being disobedient or maybe there's something that you're not doing and maybe, maybe God is punishing you. Uh, maybe you need to pray more or, you know, and you know, people try to come and give you comfort, but in the process of giving you comfort, they make you feel like you're not living right. But in your heart, you know that you are standing on His Word. In your heart, you know that you have taken God to His Word and you believe what He said. And if God says that I'm going to come out of this blessed, then that's the way it's going to be. And there is no demon in hell who can contradict that. Amen. So, number one is, the person that does a job well refuses to compromise his or her convictions because it is a minority viewpoint. Number two is, the person who does a job well takes God at his word and no matter if the circumstances seem to be painting a different picture, they follow God wholeheartedly. Number three is, the person who finishes well runs the race until they cross the finish line. The person who finishes well or does the job well runs the race until they cross the finish line and see this is not about getting there first it's not about running fast it's about finishing 
crossing the line, crossing the finish line. In the words of the Apostle Paul, I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. God is saying, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. What you're doing, how you're living your life, what God is blessing you with, isn't just for you. It is for your children and for your children's children. And if you follow God right and you teach your children to follow God right, they will teach their children to follow God right and the blessings will always be there. Every generation in your, in your family, if every generation follows God like the one before them, blessings will come to that household. Those who do a job well never lose sight of the finish line. The finish line for, for Caleb was actually walking on the land that God promised him. I believe this is a prophetic word for somebody listening to me right now. Things have really gotten rough, whether it be with sickness or finances or trouble in your marriage, whatever it is. The circumstances seem too harsh. <coughs> Excuse me. But I want you to understand this. If you just stick to your guns, God is saying, I'm going to bring you to that land that I promised you. I'm going to bring you to that thing that I promised you. And it's not only going to be for you, it's going to be for your descendants. They're going to inherit it along with you. And if you do this job well, and you don't lose sight of the finish line, you're actually going to walk in to whatever God promised for you. I love this. I love this verse uh, because Paul talks about fighting the good fight fighting the good fight, finishing the race. And he talks about the crown, about receiving the crown. You know, sadly, so many people start strong, but they finish partly. How do you plan to finish? If Jesus should tarry, how do you plan to finish? We all are going to finish this race we call life, but the question is, is it going to be a job well done? When, when you meet the Lord, is He going to tell you like he, like he says in Matthew 25, 21? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. See, it, it, it's not about winning. It's about finishing. You know, a, a few years back, I, I started golfing. I had never golfed. I didn't think golf was a sport. But it is the only game that I know of. If you play golf to beat the, the guys that are with you, if, if you and a group are playing golf and you, beat to try to, uh, you play to try to beat them, you're going to find yourself frustrated because game, uh, the game of golf is not a, a competition where you compete with others. Golf is a game that you compete against yourself. And every time that you play, you try to play better. You try to improve your swing. You try to improve your drive. You try to improve your putting. And, and as you, the longer you play golf, the better you get at it. And every time that you play the game, you're trying to play against yourself. So the reward from God comes not because you did the job, because you did it well. You wouldn't give full pay to someone that doesn't finish the job. 
you wouldn't pay somebody. Here's the check. I know you haven't started yet, but I want you to build my house. Here's the money. And they leave. You might not ever see them. You, they may not, may not ever finish the house. You have to wait for them to finish the house. And then you have to inspect the house to make sure that they did it right. And if they did a job well done, in some cases, you pay them for the job and you give them a little extra as a bonus because they did a job well. And the biggest reward that you can give a contractor is to refer him to other people and tell them, hey, this guy, he not only did the job, but he finished it well. I mean, I'm so pleased with everything that he did. He went above and beyond what I asked him to do. You are being rewarded for your faithfulness, whether it be in your giving, in, in your family life, how you raise your children, how you live for God. You, that's what you're going to be rewarded for. When the time comes for you, you to drink from the bitter sponge of vinegar the world has given you, and you're ready to, to go home to the Lord, when you're ready to say it's finished, that you can know in your heart that you did what you did to the best of your ability, and with the Lord's help, you overcame. And that's what overcoming is. You finished the job. Maybe you were hurt along the way. Maybe you were broken along the way. Maybe you were uh, betrayed along the way. But like Jesus, you can say it is finished and get ready to receive a crown. Let us pray. Father, help me run this race. Help me run this race. Let me finish this job that when I see you, that you will tell me, well done. It is a job. Well done. Those of you that are listening to me, if you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray with me right now. Just bow your head and say, Lord, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that because of the life that I live, because I have, I have lived my life of sin, I am bound for hell. But on this day, on this cross, on the cross, you said, it is finished. And when you did that, the plan of redemption was complete. Your blood not only paid the price for me, but it washes my sins away. Lord Jesus, this day, I want to ask you to come into my heart. I want you to be Lord over my life. I want you to be my Savior. I ask you forgiveness for my sin. I give you my heart and I promise to serve you every day of my life. I promise to be a witness and to do the job that you call, the, the, the job to witness to other people, to be a witness everywhere I go. I promise to serve you and do a job well done. Amen. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in to this podcast. If you were touched by this message and if it was a blessing to you, feel free to write for me. Write to me at wordman9356 at gmail.com. Again, wordman9356 at gmail.com. If you want to donate or, or if you want to uh, sponsor us you can do so also let us know on the email and we'll give you more information on where 
you can give. God bless you until the next time. This is Gino Landin signing off for an audible voice. God bless you.